يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار وبرز الله سبحانه وتعالى a blessed praise. We send peace and blessings upon our beloved messenger Muhammad وسلم, upon his family, his companions, and those who follow them until the end of time. One of the core beliefs of all Muslims is that everything we have is from Allah. Allah Allah says that He gave you everything you ask for, everything you would need. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That there's nothing that traverses the face of the earth except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is providing for it. And we believe uh, as an important theological principle that this includes what we think and understand. This is part of the mulk of Allah that Allah has given us. The only true sovereign is Allah. That's why he says, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, Tabarakal ladhi biyadihi al-mulk wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir. Al-ladhi khalaq al-mawt wal-hayata liyabuluwakumu ayyukumu ahsanu amala. That Allah, the mulk belongs to Allah. There is a difference in mulk and milk. Milk, like the milk we drink, you can remember it this way, is something that's specific, like something you and I, we have milk. My house is my milk. But mulk means complete sovereignty. That's why Surah Fatiha, we have two qira'ah, Malik, which means milk, and Malik, which means mulk, subhanahu wa ta'ala. As if to say, like, specific power and transcendent power, kullu biyadillah. Nothing escapes him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَا يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فِي السَّمَاءِ Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we believe that within our relationship with our Creator, that sovereignty is given to us as a blessing or a test. That's why it says, الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبُلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Who created life and death to test you after mentioning His transcendent sovereignty. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we are going to react to this blessing this risk from the mulk of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in one of two ways which is also mentioned in the Qur'an either we're going to be grateful and show gratitude 
or we're going to be ungrateful. And in the Quran, this sovereign, this, this, these provisions that are given by Allah are, are divided really into four areas that we should think about. Number one is our ability to think and experience cognition. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَعَلَّمَكَ مَا لَمْ تَكُنْ تَعْلَمْ وَكَانَ فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكَ عَظِيمًا That Allah taught you what you didn't know. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَيُعَلِّمُكُمُ اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمٍ So when I understand Allah's transcendent sovereignty and authority, and I want knowledge, then I will turn وَفَوْقَ كُلِّ ذِي عِلْمٍ عَلِيمٍ then I will turn to the one who his knowledge is infinite, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why now you can understand why we don't say, you know, atini ilman, awzidni ilman. But we say what? Waqoo rabbi, zidni ilma. The one who provides all things, increase me in knowledge, subhanahu wa ta'ala. That also includes the constructions by which we see the world and how we see each other. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says ikhtilaf al-sinatikum wa alwanikum that the differences in our speech in our pigmentations is a blessing min ayati Allah ayat wujudihi an evidence of Allah's existence but we perhaps allow color and language to inspire the opposite ingratitude bigotry and racism and so on and so forth that we have failed to replicate or reciprocate that blessing of Allah, the knowledge. Number two is our emotions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً Allah says that I made in the hearts, in your hearts, mercy and love. And He says to Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَرِيذَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْ فَضُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ Allah said, if you, O Muhammad, had been harsh to them, they would have abandoned you. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put mercy and patience in your heart, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And of course, he says in the Quran, قُلْ هُوَ الَّذِي أَنْشَأَكُمْ وَجَعَلَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبَصَارَ وَالْأَفْئِدَةِ قَلِيلًا مَّا تَشْكُرُونَ That Allah gave us. Af'idah is the emotional intelligence. To be a good Muslim is to be emotionally intelligent. The third, of course, is our religious gifts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَمُنُّونَ عَلَيْكُمْ أَنْ هَدَاكُمْ لِلْإِيمَانِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed you and He guided you to Iman. أَفَمَنْ شَرَحَ اللَّهُ صَدْرَهُ لِلْإِسْلَامِ فَهُوَ عَلَى نُورٍ مِّنْ رَبِّهِ فَوَيْلُ لِلْقَاسِيَاتِ قُلُوبُهُمْ مِنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ Allah mentions that the fact that your heart is moved by Allah's remembrance is from the blessings that Allah has given you from His sovereignty. Subhanahu wa ta'ala qul innal huda hudallah. Allah guides who He wills, alhamdulillah. And then the fourth, of course, is our material blessings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَرَزَقَكُمْ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ We gave you provisions. وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَانِ آدَمَ وَحَمَلْنَاهُ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ you know, we honored all human beings. We carried them on seas and lands. And we provided them. Tayyibat, those things that they will use in this world. Praise be to the one who allowed us to have control of this thing. So when we talk about Allah's sovereignty, 
we talk about blessings, him giving us these things because kullu min fadli. All of this we say is from the, 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 the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're talking about how we see the world and think about the world, our emotional capacity, our spiritual blessings, and then our material blessings. Alhamdulillah. And that's why Allah in the Quran, when he talks about gratitude, he doesn't restrict it to a simple attitude or a psychological state, but he phrases it as an amaliyah. And an amal is different than al-fi'l. In, in theology, an amal is something which I do, have deliberately done, which I understand, and which I act on according to the right way. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in numerous places in the Quran, when he talks about thanks, he phrases it as an amal, not an idea or a feeling. He says to the family of Sayyidina Dawood alayhi salam, you must make amal of gratitude. For that reason, it's very important that we refer to the Qur'an because we live in a time now which there is a tremendous amount of, we say, suhub. You know, there's a lot of clouds that can kind of keep us away from seeing clearly. It's easy to lose focus with those blessings that Allah has given us, whether intellectually, whether spiritually and emotionally, whether religious blessings, or our material blessings. We find in the Quran a incident that happened in the time of Sayyidina Muhammad where his companions begin to employ a blessing and an understanding in the wrong way. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala corrected them. And this was the Aws and the Khazraj in Medina, who of course before the Prophet came to them, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had been constantly, if we could scoot forward, constantly rocked by internal strife and division and fighting, which rendered them like really incapable and socially and politically and economically impotent. So somebody came to them and began to remind them of the old days before they had found the blessings of Islam to invoke certain constructions, to spark hatred amongst themselves, which caused them to forget the beauty of Islamic brotherhood and sisterhood. And they began to fight to the point that in Surah Ali Imran, they almost got physically, you know, physical. Allah says, وَكَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَكُنْتُمْ تَتْلُوَ عَلَيْكُمْ آيَاتُ اللَّهِ وَفِيكُمْ رَسُولُهُ Allah says, how could you disbelieve in Allah, the great Mujaddid, the scholar of the last century, Sheikh Muhammad Abdu, mashaAllah. He said, of course we don't believe the Sahaba committed kufr. Allah says, وَكَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ How could you disbelieve in Allah? He said, this is a form of majaz. This is a form of rhetoric, which means if you divide the outcome of these divisions based on your failure to appreciate the true understanding of your differences, will lead you to kufr. So the differences that split us apart are a process that leads us to kufr, subhanAllah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says very beautifully at the end of the next verse, وَمَنْ يَعْتَسِمْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ هُدِيَ إِلَىٰ سِرَاطِ مُسْتَقِيمِ And whoever clinged, i'tisam, it's really hard to translate this word. The word isam actually is a rope. Because, uh, try to do my best in my Oklahoma vernacular to break this down. 
Isam actually bima'na sabab, a cause. There's a great poet, A'mash, in an old poem, he said, you know, إِلَى مَرْءِ الْقَيْسِ You know, أُطِيلُ سَرَّ وَآخُذُ مِنْ كُلِّ حِينْ عَصْمُ Which means, you know, this, this tribe he's talking about in his poem, they took all the asm, all the asbab, all the causes. Because whoever يَعْتَصِمْ بِاللَّهِ Whoever clings to Allah is somebody who sees the world around them as suspect and the only true cause for success is to follow the causes which Allah has identified as leading to success. And that's the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sticking to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ta'atullah wa ta'atur rasuluh. So now subhanAllah we find a world fractured largely by human born constructions, rocked by division, to the point that even within the community, the racism that we see exhibited to people of color is a sign of subtle idolatry. Anti-blackness is equivalent to shirk, asghar. It's a subtle form of idolatry because we live in a world where the primary God, if you go to many houses of worship, God is white. But as Muslims, we should emancipate ourselves. We should see the Qur'an as an emancipating movement. Sayyidina Ash-Shatibi, in his poem, Hirz al-Amani, he said that the reciter of the Qur'an is emancipated, meaning emancipated from the notions of human ignorance and clings to the causes which will bring about Thank you so much. His or her success in the hereafter. So as we think about the gifts and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether intellectually, cognitively, emotionally, spiritually, physically, materially, religiously, we should look back and say, am I truly thankful? Like, am I using these things in the right way? Or am I allowing them to calibrate evil? And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Rahman, Al-Rahman allama al-Qur'an khalaqa al-insana allamahu al-bayan. If you think about the chapter, the most merciful who taught the Qur'an. He mentions the Qur'an before your creation. Because creation without Qur'an is to be like we're dead. Because the Qur'an is the ayah, is the sign that directs us to the asbab, the causes which will lead to our success. And that's why Imam Ibn Hazm, the great Andalusian scholar, he said, فَمَنْ أَنَارُهُ الْقُرْآنِ Whoever his, his life was guided by the Qur'an, Then that person has achieved true success. وَمَنْ أَبَى فَأَهْلَكْ وَرُبَّمَا أَهْلَكْ and whoever refuses to take the rope, right? Meaning that we're drowning in dunya, so the Qur'an is the rope that we cling to to pull ourselves out of it so we can see clearly and be emancipated by it, from it. He said that person will be destroyed and perhaps he or she will destroy others. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, Kitabullah, the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Hablullahi al-mamdud is the rope of God extending from the heavens. One side of it is 
being held by God, of course, metaphorically, but the other side is being held by us. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yaj'alana min ahl quran Ask Allah to make us from the people of the Qur'an and the people of the Sunnah of Sayyid al-Akwan. Aqulu qawri hadha, astaghfirullah li wa lakum, fastaghfiru innahu huwa al-ghafur rahim. Ar-Rahman rahim alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Rasulillah. Al-Ladhi istafahu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa ja'alahu hujjatan wa khatiman. Salawatu Allahi wa salamuhu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Inshallah, if we can scoot forward, inshallah, it's going to be super appreciated. Super, super appreciated. MashaAllah. In the Quran, and today, subhanAllah, I realized I was so lucky to come and listen to Shaykh Aisha and I encourage people, you know, it reminds me of Umar Darda, who used to teach in the masjid in Damascus. She used to teach people, mashallah, in the early days of Islam, subhanAllah. And, you know, she was explaining the 10th hadith and the 40 hadith of Imam An-Nawi's collection. And it reminded me actually of our subject. Because one of the components of Allah's blessings upon us is religion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hadana. Allah has guided us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has increased us in guidance. That's why we say in Surah Al-Fatiha, اِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ And he, ثَبِّتْنِي عَلَى الْهِدَايَةِ Like, keep me on guidance, Ya Rabb. And also, the material component. And she mentioned a person who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obviously had blessed with the outer symptoms of religiosity. Prophet Sayyidina Abu Hurairah says, And he mentions the Prophet in the hadith that the Shaykh was explaining, this person who's traveling, and the travel is such that they are disheveled. And we know that there are many narrations that say such a person's dua is accepted. As we say in Masri. Immediately. So that person begins to make dua, وَمَطْعَمُهُ حَرَامُ وَمَشْرَبَهُ حَرَامُ وَمَلْبَسُهُ حَرَامُ But everything around him is impure. He doesn't marry the material with his religious inclination. There is a contradiction. فَأَنَّ يُسْتَجَابَ لَهُ So how will his dua be accepted? So here, subhanAllah, how she was explaining it, I realized that, you know, religion that doesn't adhere to the material components and you can extend this to a lot of things, is a problem. But the Qur'an also identifies those people who not only fail to use their religious talents, but use the material talents Allah has given them. As we mentioned earlier, they look at the world through a different set of lenses. As we say in Boston about Kyrie Irving, it's a different kind of dude. It's just a different kind of person. So this person doesn't see with basira. This person sees with their own selfish inclinations or based on what's around them. As Imam Ali, Ali salam, used to say, there are people who just, they're like, you know, branches on a tree. Wherever the wind is blowing, it's all gravy for them. There's no foundations. And in the Quran, Allah mentions someone who's extremely wealthy. In Qaruna kana min qawmi Musa. In Surah Qasas, verse 77, 76, 77, we find the story of Qarun, not Harun Qaf, Bilqa, Qarun, who was the cousin of Musa. 
And you know something, Abu Zayd, a great Mufassir, he said that not only was Qarun blessed materially, he said that he could recite the Torah beautifully. So his name, the people named him Al-Munawwar, the one Nawarahullah, the one who was illuminated by God to be able to recite so beautifully. So oftentimes when we talk about the story of Qarun, we fail to recognize, as I mentioned earlier, out of the different type of blessings, he was also blessed with like religious talent. Because the first person to go to hell is the scholar who doesn't allow the knowledge to transform them. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, he was from the people of Musa. So even though he had a relationship with Musa, it didn't matter. You have a responsibility. And we provided him min al riches. And the Quran mentions that these riches, you know, had to be carried by strong people. Like that's how rich he was. He had it going on. Dave Chappelle said, wealth is the fuel of choices. He can make a lot of choices. That's why we believe wealth can be a test. What choice do I make with it? And he, he says, فَبَغَى عَلَىٰ قَوْمِ You know that all these blessings that Qarun was given, he didn't greet that with gratitude. He began to transgress against his people. He found himself in a state of delusion. As Imam Ibn Ta'ala said, مِنْ عَلَمَتِ You know, the sign that we trusted in our deeds instead of God is that when we're tested, we waver, we slip. To the point that his people said, لَا تَفْرَحْ إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ قَوْمُ لَا تَفْرَحْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْفَرِحِينَ his people said to him, don't rejoice. And here it doesn't mean you can't be happy. One time, subhanAllah, I met a brother, he wouldn't smile. So I said, hey man, like, why do you never smile? He's like, Allah says, la tafra. <laughs> Allah said, don't be happy. I was like, no, a siyaq nisul ma'na. Like that's not the context of the verse. The verse is saying, don't be so happy that you forget the blessing. Like you replace God with yourself. You become autonomous of God. So we learn something quickly from the nasiha of Qarun. How can we make sure that we're aligning our blessings with what God wants from us? And the first is to have good interlocutors, is to have good people around us who advise us sometimes and tell us things we don't want to hear. Sayyidina Ali used to say, La tanalu ma turidu. You will never achieve what you want until you are patient with what you hate. Like successful people, right? They find within the attempts at Jannah, hardship. Mutanabbi said, ala qadri ahlil azmi atat azaimu, aw ta'ti al azaimu. You know that great people, Mutanabbi said, they're gonna find aversion because it's not easy. Greatness isn't easy. So Sayyidina Ali is saying, listen, successful people, meaning Jannah, they're going to have to be patient with what they don't like, praying on time, being a good person. One of the things we hate the most is people around us who can advise us. La tafra, inna Allah la yuhibbul farihin. And he refused to listen to them. How we could phrase this in a contemporary way is like, who are our mentors? Like who mentors us? 
And maybe it's through books, podcasts, maybe it's through watching documentaries, but there has to be some kind of interlocutor, personal trainer. The second they told him, realign your vision and use what Allah has given you for the hereafter. That's the second thing. To live for more than this life, man. To have a life of purpose, to be a believer, is to be in a room that has an infinite number of doors. Anthony Hopkins said to be an atheist is to be in a room with no windows or doors. Whoever fears Allah, Allah gives them ways out, not a way out. The third, And sometimes people make this mistake. They said to him, don't forget, you know, you need dunya. You need power. You need, Allah has given you this mulk. Use it, but use it for the right things. Abu Zaid, one of the great early Mufassir, he said, لا تنسى أن تتقدم لآخرتك من الدنياك. Don't forget to send something for your hereafter from your dunya. فَإِنَّكَ لَمْ تَجِدْ فِي الْآخِرَتِكْ إِلَّا مَا قَدَّمْتَ مِنْ دنياك. Because the only thing you're going to find in hereafter is what you and I did here. وَالْبَاقِيَةُ الصَّارِحَةُ خَيْرُ عِنْدَ رَبِّكَ And the last thing they told him, وَلَا تُفْسِدْ فِي الْأَرْضِ Don't commit sin. Don't harm people. So in this brief khutbah, mashallah, we address some information that really should help us appreciate the depth of the Qur'an, not simply as a religious text that's read for ritual, but that the Qur'an is an exploration and an emancipation of my heart and my mind from the temporal into the infinite. And the first thing we talked about is Allah's blessings, His mulk subhanahu wa ta'ala manifests itself in our lives in four different ways. Our intellect and our understanding of the world around us, our emotional and spiritual capacity, religious guidance, and then the material world. And then we gave examples of people who didn't use these things for the right way. One is a religious man mentioned by Sheikh Aisha in the 10th hadith of Sayyidina An-Nawi rahimahullah, who traveled, who was disheveled, made dua fa'anna yustajabala. His dua wasn't answered. Not because he didn't have the religious fashion, but because his heart wasn't there. And his outer wasn't there. His physical material wasn't there. The second example I gave is someone who had the material together and the outer religious components together, but failed to use those things for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us reach the height of that moment, which is to worship Allah as though we see Him. So I worship Allah as though I see Him with my knowledge, with my emotions, with my spiritual talents and religious gifts, and with my material blessings. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yaj'alana mina muhsineen. Ask Allah to make us from the muhsineen. Ask Allah yazidna ihsanan wa maraqabatan. Ask Allah to increase us in our awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أسك الله سبحانه وتعالى يجمعنا مع حبيبنا سيدنا رسول الله كما أمنا به ولم نراه أسك الله تنايئ أسود أبي الله بالبرافيد صلى الله عليه وسلم Can you imagine when you drink from the hand of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and the Prophet he calls your name صلى الله عليه وسلم and he smiles at you صلى الله عليه وسلم May Allah سبحانه وتعالى make us من زمرة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أسك الله سبحانه وتعالى to make us from those لا يظلمون from those who are not wronged, وَلَا يُظْلِمُونَ And those who wrong others. 
Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us limit the potential of our own evil and amplify the potential of our good. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our parents. For those of us who may be having difficulties with our parents, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us hikmah and wisdom and help us to heal, inshallah, those relationships. For those of us whose parents are sick or ill, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure them. Ya Rabb. For those of us who are married, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect and bless our marriages. And put between us love and mercy. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our brothers and sisters in the Congo, in Zaire, in Chad, in Sudan, in Kenya, in Somalia, in Senegal. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our brothers in Cote d'Ivoire. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our brothers and sisters in Kashmir and in India. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Egypt and Palestine and Syria. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our brothers and sisters in Iraq and of course Al-Yemen. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us a means of guidance for the people around us and to give us the confidence to be truly submissive to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa qina adhab al-nar. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursali wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.